Thank you for joining us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. Go with me to Hebrews 10 and 25. Hallelujah. The Word of the Lord has something to say to us today. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, we're going to go to the 25th verse, Hebrews 10 and 25. The word of the Lord says, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It says assemble ourselves. The more we know the days approaching, we should assemble ourselves. One translation out of the New Century Version says, you should not stay away from the church meetings. You got that? You should not stay away from the church meetings, as some are doing. But you shall meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more. Did you hear that? He said, do this even more as you see the day coming. What day is the Lord talking about? The day of the Lord when he comes to judge all people and take his people to live with him. And we know we're living in the last of the last days. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Do you? Somebody may think they know, but the Lord moves in signs. He moves in seasons. In his day of coming, we don't know the day nor the exact hour when he's coming. But one thing we do know is that he's coming. That's all we need to know, that he's coming. And all you need to know is, are you ready when he comes? That's all that In the end, because when he comes, it's you won't even know. You just be with him. It's no time to get ready. You gotta stay ready. You can't. You can't say, "Well, well Lord, I need to. I need to go back and you know, like uh, there was one person in the Bible. Jesus said, "Come follow me." He said, "No, I gotta back, go back and and bury my. You know, somebody had passed." He said, "Well, let the dead bury the dead." Jesus was saying they already dead. If they don't know me, they're not coming with me. But you have an opportunity this day to come with me. So the word of God says, "Assemble yourselves." As you see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Well, what define assembly? Well, I, I said, well, let me go into the dictionary and look what the word assembly. It means to bring together in a particular place for a particular purpose, to fit together the parts. See, we are the body of Christ, and he's looking for us to assemble ourselves. Well, somebody is the arm, somebody is the leg, somebody is the knee, somebody is the foot, somebody is the toe. Everybody's needed in the body. So don't ever think just because you're the foot, just because you're the toe. No, we have need of the body. We cannot function as the body of Christ function, but not properly. We can function without an arm, but it sure is hard if you're the arm and we need for you to do something. And you, you say, well, I'm not coming because I'm the arm and they don't need me. Yeah, we need you. Or the foot. You know, without toes, you can't even balance. Did you know that? We need you if you're the toe. If you're the toe, we need you. Oh, yes, we do. But what we don't need is for you to stay away from us. When the doors are open, when we have a service, we need you because you are an important part of the body. And it's just encouraging each other as you see the day approaching. Well, since we know what it means to assemble, let's find out what it means to be disassembled. Disassemble means to disconnect the pieces. Well, look at this. Look, who do you think is doing that? To disconnect the pieces. It means to destroy the integrity or functioning of. The church is under major attack, if you didn't know that. Oh, yeah, trying to destroy our integrity, trying to destroy the functioning body of the church. It means to strip of dress or covering, trying to make us naked. You know what that means? 
not having no clothes on, trying to make us naked, like to embarrass us, humiliate us. Mm. Not for sale. All right, y'all. <laughs> All right. Mm. Oh, I had to read this part. It also means to dismantle. Oh, chopping off, trying to cut off, trying to separate the body, trying to separate, cut off the head, trying to cut off the arm, trying to cut, trying to separate the head from the body, trying to separate the, the fingers. I mean, trying to separate the church. It means to dismember. Oh, dismember. To knock down, to strike, or to take down. Mm. Not for sale. Y'all getting even better. Go with me to Hebrews 10 and 23. Hebrews 10 and 23, the word of the Lord says, Let us hold fast to the hope that we have confessed because we can trust God to do what he promised. Oh, we got to hold fast. That's our profession. It's to hold to the promises of God as the body of Christ. Not wavering, not doubting, but what God, Exactly what God promised, he will do. Every time. Now go with me to Acts 20 and 28. And before I read that, I just want to say a few things. Not for sale. All right. (laughs) Glory to God. I don't know how many of you own a home. But if you own a home, you've at least probably got one call, somebody trying to buy your house. At least one. Uh, companies or person trying to buy your house, they're not going to pay you full price. I don't know if you know that. They're looking for a bargain. Do you know that? They're, they're not looking to pay you what you think is worth. There's a tax appraisal district, and the tax appraisal district is the one that does the assessment, how much the value of your home is. It may not actually be that much, but you know what I'm talking about, that you pay taxes to them because they value your home at 60000 100000 200000 a million, wherever, wherever you fall in here, they value your house, and so they want you to pay taxes on it. So they put a value in your, in your house, or you may have it appraised, and they say, okay, because this house sold in this neighborhood, look, you know, it's got three or four bedrooms, two bathrooms, two car garage. It's going to be more than a house that has two bedrooms, one car garage, and one bathroom. Now, if you own a house, if you ever moved out and you decide to rent, sometimes a renter, I'm not saying all the time because there's, there's some good renters, but sometimes a renter won't treat your house the same way you do. And as a matter of fact, if something breaks, they're going to call you. Right? Now, before I go on, I want to read this scripture in Acts 20 and 28. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. God sent Jesus and he purchased the church. I'm talking about the church and we are the church. He purchased the church with his own blood, not for sale. We have been bought with a price. We're owned by God. We're not owned by the devil. When I told you about this part about the renters, see what he does is since God owns you, he's going to try to get you to let him rent you. He's going to move in, all his little imps, he'll try to move in, and he's going to tear the house up. He's going to tear it up with sin. He's going to tear it up with doubt. He's going to tear it up some kind of way. And then he's going to call you on the house, right? We're, this is our house, our body. And then you have to call, depend on God, to come and fix it. And that's okay with God. See, God don't mind that. But he said, if you got a bad tenant that don't pay rent, put him out. The devil ain't paying no rent. I don't know if you know that. Put him out. Not for sale. Oh, glory to God. We are not for sale. We've been bought with a price. We are the redeemed. We've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and the second death. 
And what is we what is God giving us? Health, wealth, and eternal life. Now where is our wealth? Wherever it is, we call it in. Where is our health? We call it in. How do we call it in with the word of God? Not for sale. We ain't letting the devil stick around no more. I don't even want him in the yard. I don't want him on the street. I don't want him in the neighborhood. I don't want him in the city. I don't want him in the field. I don't want him in the country. I don't want him nowhere near me. Matter of fact, I don't want him in the world. So we have to put him where he belongs, under our feet, and tell him to get. That's what my dad said. Get. You know what get means? That means get along. We ain't playing. You know how it is when you really mean it? Now, I'm going to talk about my mom. I have the precious mom, but she is the type of mom that if she put something down and she said, don't touch it, you better not even look at it. I mean, not even cross-eyed. You know, you said, oh, no, like no, don't even look at it. All she has to tell you is one time and let her see it. You won't be touching it again. And she takes measures to make sure it does not happen. And when she said, don't do it, we know she means business. Now, see, we got to mean business with the devil. When we tell them to get, we ain't playing. Get out. Get out. And as believers, that's his body, that's the church. We are having to tell them, not for sale. Tell them to get. Get out. Get out of the body of Christ. And we have rights as the children of God. God's given us, he's given us promises and he's given us rights. We don't belong here. We're citizens of another place. We're citizens of heaven. And so we're ambassadors, right? When an ambassador comes to the United States, they're living in the United States, but they have the privileges of whatever country they come from. If they're from England, still follow the government of where they came from. And they have rights. And so if something happens to them over here, their government comes over to see what's going on. I mean, they have rights. They're protected, and they're protected well. So we are from another place. We're a spirit that have a body, and we have a soul. And so our spirit has to take over who's in charge. So the only way our spirit can take over who's in charge is that we have to feed our spirit with spiritual things because God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to feed ourselves with his word, with prayer, with worship, everything that's spiritual from God. That way our spirit will be so strong that our body has to line up with what is the spirit is telling us. If the spirit said we're going to fast, the body going to say, uh-uh, I don't want to fast. What the spirit said, oh, yeah, you're going to fast. <laughs> That's what the spirit say. And the spirit tells the body, that's the way the order should be. The spirit tells the body what to do. But so many times, and we see it more and more, the body is in rulership. And when the body is trying to rule something, we're in trouble. The body, I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the physical body. If it's trying to rule, it's going to always make you make the wrong decision. That's why we need the spirit so we can hear what thus said the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're not for sale. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God precious us with his, his own blood. We're not for sale because we've been bought already. And we've been redeemed already. And so therefore we are not our own. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Now why in this scripture, in Acts 20 and 28, God has made people in charge of the body? Because they're wolves. They come in among us. And their purpose is to devour the believer to come in among us like their sheep. And when they're going, bah, they're really going, Whoa. no, they're going, bah. and then see, the leadership is so important because those gifts within you help us discern who's the weed and who's the seed. 
And so we need you in place to help us get rid of the roof in the body. And make sure everybody here understand that we're about bad. We all are humble as sheep, but we're bold as a lion. We do not allow the wolves to come in here and devour us and devour the flock and separate the flock. You know when they come in? They're coming in to dismantle, to disassemble, and to take people away because that's their job and that's their assignment. But they will not proceed because we're not for sale. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I just want to tell you, read this in Second Chronicles 20. Just a little bit about it. I just want to touch on it. It says, and it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others besides the Amorites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now, Jehoshaphat was a godly king. He was a godly king. And he had all these multitude of people coming to take his kingdom from him and to destroy the people of God. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judea. And so after they fasted, they came together and they assembled themselves in the house of the Lord. And I just want to read this part that I think is really, really important to understand about assembly. And I'm going to go down to, uh, well, I really need to read this part. This will tie it all together for me. In the sixth number, it says, And Jehoshaphat said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven, and rulest not thou over the, all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel? And gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary. Get this, a sanctuary therein for thy namesake. And the ninth verse is going to tie all this together. He says, if when evil come upon us as a sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house in thy presence for thy name is in this house. And we cry unto thee in our afflictions. Then thou wilt hear and help. We need to assemble ourselves. We need the church to function the way it's divinely orchestrated of God. And then this prophet, when they had done all this, the people cried out and they fasted and they cried to God. Because God made them a promise that if they were coming to the house of the Lord and they cried to him, he would hear them. And then Jehaziel said, he was the son of uh, Zechariah, and it goes on. He was the son of Beniah, and the son of Jeiah, and the son of Mataniah, a Levite, the son of Ahaz, and came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And this is what the prophet said unto them. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, that's the 15th number, and he said, And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thy king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what I want to tell you. We're not for sale. The battle's not ours. It's the Lord's. And the rest of the story goes like this. Now, when they came out, they put the the, the singers first, then the minstrels will be widows, right? And so we're singing. I just want you to get this picture in your head. Now, here is 
a great multitude coming to, to fight against us. But you put the singers and the praisers first. And all your other praisers here, you put them first. And then, no weapons with them. Matter of fact, we don't have no sword. All we have is a sword in our mouth. That's what God told them. And they sung the songs of the Lord. And when they got to the battle, the enemy had gotten into derision, and they thought it was Jehoshaphat, and they started killing each other until all of them were dead. See, God is not playing. They all were dead. And then with Jehoshaphat and the people of God, they were so much spoiled. It took them three days to gather up all the spoil. Three days. See, God is getting ready to do something special for the body of Christ. God is good. Hallelujah. We're not for sale. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I just want to say this one last scripture. Hallelujah. We are not for sale. Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God says, for our light afflictions are momentarily troubles and are achieving in us an eternal glory that it far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but that which is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We are not for sale. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.